Oh, the bay. That's good. It's good to be at the bay, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, that's good. I can see the clock. I can see the monitor. There's going to be no slides this morning, so that's good. Even though I can see the monitor, I don't need it. It's good. <laughs> like that. It's <laughs> good, isn't it? Thank you, God. I'll get my glass of water as well. There we go. Okay, who's visiting this morning? Can you put your hands up, please? You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, hmm. These are being recorded, um, and they're going to be made available um, sometime this afternoon, I think, so you can follow on. Um, so if you are not here and you're coming tonight, then you've got preparation. So the idea is that each of these sessions are individual and they follow on. And there are six, so the next three Sundays, so that's hopefully a good thing, um, you know, and it's me, <laughs> it's me and a cast of whoever I, I, I pull up. Um, I'm just going to, um, actually, just a few things. Uh, so in that last song, it was amazing to talk about giants. I want to give a, a, a heads up for a, a, seri- a little preach I'm going to give on the seven giants that we cannot overcome which is burning in me, but I have to do the prophetic mini-series first, and Alex is going to do the music to that spontaneously. So that's, that's out there, Alex. We've got to do it now. Yeah? Never done it before. Never done it with Alex, never done this, this, this preach, so, so it's great. So it's going to follow on from this. And uh, some of you um, this morning, I just w- also, ca- I actually, Lord's telling me to honor somebody. So uh, apart from, you know, Alan and Jackie, I mean, you know, 40 years. Come on. It's great. I'm th- five years behind, so, and I'll always be five years behind. But, you know, it's, a, it's an inspiration. So thank you. Thank you so much. So um, um, uh, just... Uh, there's uh, Rachel and Jane just there from uh, who are seers who've come uh, this morning. So there you go. It's named. So uh, uh, this morning. And, and uh, for some of you know that we're having the Speaks of Life conference at Bethany City Church on the 12th of October in, um, in Sunderland. And it was um, Rachel who was the person that actually was the advocate for Speakers of Life and the pro- for the prophetic, I think, in this region. Even though you don't think about it, you actually were an advocate for, for us from the Aglow meeting that I did in Sunderland, and I know Sarah's you know, involved in Aglow big time, and it was through that night that God told me when I walked through that room that we were going to have a conference in that place that I'd never been to, and I didn't even know we were going to have a conference at the time. It was new to me. And, and actually, you think you did a small thing, but it's actually, uh, you know, will result in a big blessing for the region. So a simple act of obedience and an advocate to actually speak well and to speak life of someone or something actually leads to a bigger thing. All right, so thank you very much. I know you didn't ask for that, and I know you're probably quite embarrassed, but, you know, it's, it's true. So some of you will think this morning, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Mark's talking about the prophetic. You know, do I fit? Of course, the answer is yes. But I'd like to um, read out a prophetic um, vision I had um, quite some time ago. And, I'm, uh, and for people who know me well, uh, and we'll get onto this later in the series about how to process the prophetic words that you've had, how to filter them, how to take them forward, common themes, and all that sort of stuff. 
And I've even got a little grid for you to fill in and themes, and it's really quite teacherish. But in true Marky style, um, I've, I'm not doing that this morning. <laughs> we'll build up to that. I've got lots of little grids that I like to fill in. But um, so this is, um, um, so I found this very easily because I record all the prophetic words I have. I play them um, when I shave in the morning or when I'm on a plane or travel and things like that. And I filter out with God saying, okay, God, what, you know, what is good? What is God? Filter it through, get a current theme and things like that. And this was um, um, something that um, God showed me as an open vision at St. Luke's Church in January 2010. I can lay my hands on this sort of stuff really easily. All right? And I'd like to read it to you, if I may. I, I think I've only read it out publicly once before. No, actually, yeah, this went to Together in Christ as well. But it was... Um, so... Um, and it shows that we fit. It shows that we all fit into the heavenly realms. And, and let's face it, we don't understand it. All right? You know, I spend a lot of time there. You think, oh, Mark knows, and so does, you know, Chris and other people. You think, oh, you understand it. Well, we don't. <laughs> you may know how to navigate it a bit. Yes? And, and actually, you know what the link between the heavenly courtrooms and and on planet Earth, and I think I might do a bit of that during this series, but here we go. So I had a clear vision of God taking me to a thick curtain and ask through a, to a, through a thick curtain and asking me if I wanted to go through it. So he took me to it, asked, asked me if I wanted to go through it. So at that point, obviously God is asking for a yes or for a no. He's asking for our permission. So if, for people who've heard me speak a lot, you know, our response that we can give to God that he doesn't force us to is our yes. We, can sit, we, we offer him our yes because he, he's not going to force us. And we, could, we then pitch up. Because God's not going to force us to pitch up. So thank you for saying yes and thank you for pitching up. I said yes immediately, and I found myself in an amazing place which I knew was the Holy of Holies. It was an open vision in that I could see it whether my eyes were open or closed. And in addition, it affected all my senses, such as I could actually hear a voice like the sound of rushing water, you know, Ezekiel Revelation. This voice, stroke rushing water, was pure power and pure love. There was the complete universe, and yet there was the smallest microscopic. God is interested in the smallest thing in our lives and the big picture. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. I saw angels, uh, amazing winds, uh, angels described as winds in Hebrews. Moving rainbow colors, streams of living waters in this place. Every drop of water seems totally alive and full of light. Then I was shown some stepping stones stretching across the living water. Picture that now. Stepping stones across the living water, Isabella. <laughs> I know. It's great. 
I just had a strong desire to step out towards the intense love of my heavenly daddy because my heavenly daddy was wrapped in light. Scripture talks about that. I then realized that one, this is a key, one simple step in the Holy of Holies represented an enormous, massive stride in the earthly realm. So if we, thank you. Shekanama Sandaras. <laughs> the man says, read it again. <laughs> I then realized that one simple step in the Holy of Holies represented an enormous, massive stride in the earthly realm. Huh, and I'm trying not to get on to week three, which is talking about what we decide in the courtroom actually becomes accomplished on the earthly realm. So we don't battle ourselves on the earthly realm and wear ourselves out. We actually, it's decided in the heavenly courtrooms and then it's a lot easier on the heavenly realm. All right? That's coming. Week three, I think. Shake out that mass under. That's so good. So if you want your breakthrough on earth, just think about what needs to be done in the, in the heavenly realm. And you're thinking, well, I don't know. I don't understand. Join the club. I know it works. I don't need to understand how a car works in order to drive it. Hmm. Show. The steps across the river represent our calling and destiny which is set in our hearts. Ecclesiastes. Eternity is set in the hearts of men. Each step across the river seems so easy. This is in the heavenly realm. Seems so easy as there was no opposition to each step. Think about it. Think about the opposition to the steps that you want to do now on the earthly realm, but think about in the heavenly realm first. There is no opposition. Not only that, there was no criticism, no resistance, no pride. Instead, there was simply the roar of encouragement like the Hebrew cloud of witnesses. In this place, the Holy of Holies, there was no criticism. All of this was outside. But inside, there was pure joy, acceptance, a feeling of totally where you were made to be. So this morning, on our passports, it says, citizens of heaven. It says that in the Bible. And if you want to picture your passport and you get it out, and what does it say? It says you are a citizen of heaven. That is where you fit. That is why you fit in the bay. That's why you fit in the place this morning. So for any of you thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing that? And there's a resistance. It's because actually the enemy is trying to say, oh my goodness, this person is going to realize that they fit. They're beginning to get an essence of what the heavenlies are. Beginning to get an essence of what their calling and destiny are. They're beginning to get an essence of the amazing and overwhelming love of God that is splashing and crashing over you every second of your life. Show. Ha. 
Okay. Just letting you, letting me, because that's the first time I've read that for about seven or eight years. I'm just letting that sing into me. So before I go on, does June the 23rd mean anything? If I, if I don't say it now, I'll forget. June the 23rd. Birthday, wedding anniversary, a significant date, June the 23rd. Natalie? Okay, so... Bef are you coming tonight? If you're not coming to, okay. So if you're coming, it's just that I don't normally say it's for somebody, but when I looked out, I mean, you can. It's June the twenty, usually June the twenty-third, when I usually give out a date or a, or a number or something. Quite a number of people respond to that, and usually afterwards because sometimes they don't want to shout it out. But there's something you know I don't normally, but June the twenty-third. Um, so I've got um, what that means for that person. Okay. So before I move on, uh, anything else June the 23rd? It's not like bingo, you know, it's not like, it's okay. It's <laughs> All right, okay, you can talk to me uh, at the end, that'd be great. Whew. So this series is about a prophetic culture in the Bay. What does that mean? It means that we can all do it. We can all do it because the Bible talks about we can all prophesy, yeah? And the thing about the prophetic sometimes is that's why in, in my role in, 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 in overseeing the prophetic in the bay is the fact that actually um, almost the first thing that you might expect me to do is to get a prophetic team. So I've resisted that because... Because, um, and I've, I've raised up prophetic teams in, in other churches and things like that, but I just sense what God is doing is doing a, a really um, a body thing in actually the moment you have a prophetic team, you exclusion, but then you default to that team. So you think, I'm not going to bother listening to God because I'll just rely on them. So you dis not disqualify yourself, but you take a back step. So um, that's why it's not happening. The team is not happening at the minute <laughs> because we've been waiting for this opportunity to actually introduce a prophetic culture so we actually raise the water table of prophecy in this church where we all know what's going on. We all, uh, we all celebrate the differences, but we, there's, a, there's, there's actually a culture, a way of, of the way we're working. We're all going the same direction but actually with it are unique uh, gifts and characters, yeah? And then out of that, there will become practitioners, people who will do it more often than not. Clearly, I do it more often than not. It's a lifestyle for me, but I just didn't wake up in the morning with that. It developed. And with that comes character. Okay, we're going to talk about character and gifting at some point as well. Yippee. Uh, no, it's really, yeah, so, um, so, 
let me give you an example of the, the, the kind of the secular, all right? Because you're thinking, okay, um, this all sounds very nice, but what does it look like, taste like, see like? Yeah, I just want results, yeah? So uh, in my uh, secular job, um, I, I have various, I'm a professor, but I'm also, um, I have a, a, a role in um, a faculty um, in a university in the Northeast. And within that, there's certain decisions have to be made and everything else. There's a large team, uh, amazing team. And when I first came into that role about five or six years ago, um, there was a few people doing the innovation stuff, you know, business, entrepreneurship, things like that. So a few usual suspects. And because of that, the income of that faculty, in terms of commercial income and innovation, was fine, but it had flatlined for quite a number of years. And that wasn't a criticism of anybody else, that's just the way it was, because it was actually a few amazing, excellent people doing it. But that meant that the majority were standing there watching the few people do it. So when I came into that role, I thought, and chatting with the, you know, the, the, the other folk and the, um, uh, the people that run the, the faculty, I said, uh, you know, kind of, Give us 12 months to try and stimulate, encourage more people to jump into this innovation, what we would call a culture. We decided to create an innovation culture to see that it was actually possible. I could actually do this. I could be like that. That's not so bad. If he or she could do it, I could do that. And hopefully when you look at me, you think, actually, my goodness, if he could do it, you know, we could. So we tried it. We tried it. We decided to create a, an innovation culture, raise the water table of innovation, increased the, the income by 300%. Wasn't anything to do with me because it was due to the new people. So what had happened is the fact that you had more people doing it. You had more people doing it. People came out of the woodwork who, who not only were amazing, but are amazing and will be amazing. And it's likely to be one of those people that will take over my role when I give it up. That's called legacy. All right? That means it just doesn't stop with the one person. You replicate yourself which is actually an apostolic role. That was in the secular. How much more in God's kingdom? Does that make sense? So you think, oh my goodness, that happened in the secular. Like where we're, you know, it's like we don't have the Holy Spirit's help. How much more? What a great principle. Because it's a heavenly principle. Because it actually we all can. So there are clearly benefits of the prophetic, not just in terms of, um, you know, um, speaking life, encouragement, but actually in the, you know, what does it look like in, in the natural? Well, you know, from my own point, it's involved um, uh, over the years literally saving people's lives. People's lives have actually been saved. I've seen many people um, saved uh, to Jesus. Many, 
many people delivered. There's in terms of people um, to do with geography, um, my own geography. I'm, I'm in the Northeast because of a prophetic word and not in Canada for the rest of my life in 2005 because God said I can actually stay um, and be part of the um, renewal in, in this country or go to Canada and read about it. So I'm here. Physical protection, spiritual protection, etc., etc. Financial provision, job success, um, guidance, everything else. And you have your own scientific decisions. You know things that I've, you know, God, you know, if you want to know how something works, you ask the person who made it. Yeah, and you've all heard my stories about those kind of things. God does in 18 months what you would naturally do in like 100 years. I haven't really got time to wait 100 years. Hopefully my skin will look great after 100 years, but I'm not sure about. So that's quite important to me, but that's all right. But what about the Bible? What, does, what, what is the prophetic content of the Bible? Is it in there very much? Or is it should be that actually, Mark, it's only there, 0.5% of cases, and let's just forget about it and focus on something else. So this, uh, I've been reading, reading on holiday, um, uh, a couple of books. One of them was, um, when I find it, it is The Prophetic Company by Dan McCullum. Do we know that one? Yeah. And here it is. There it is. Prophetic Company, Dan McCullum. And also, I'll be getting onto this later, Courts of Heaven, Rob Henderson, people know that, you know that, yeah. Um, I've also been reading The Soul Book as well, actually, <laughs> which is actually really good. Um, so, 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 yeah, where's my, where's my dog-eared copy? Here you go, this is the one that I write in. Um, so, this is, yeah, Speaks of Life book. Okay, so, um, and evidently, and I haven't checked this out, but according to the prophetic company Dan McCullum's book, future prophetic statements take up 27% of the Bible. It's more than a quarter. So I think that merits some attention. And evidently, and I began to check this out, and I'm thinking, actually, that's probably right. The mention of, you know, the fivefold ministry. Yeah, prophets, apostles, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Yeah, mentions that. Evidently, the mention of the prophetic ministry is mentioned more than all the other fivefold ministries put together. That doesn't mean it's more important. It just means the fact that actually it's in there a lot. So therefore, maybe we should give attention to that. Right? Because we know that the church is built on the apostles and the prophets foundationally and this is foundational stuff okay so we all know 1 Corinthians 14 don't we about follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially the gift of prophecy we know that don't we we know that scripture 
Okay. And you've heard, I've done a little bit of a mini-series in the evenings, and I've talked about the gift of prophecy and how it functions. All right, because maybe this morning you're expecting to have my slide presentation, which some of you have seen, but it will be expanded and all those sort of things to do with what's the nuts and bolts, how do we prophesy, how do we listen to the voice of God, how do we give a prophetic word, how do we receive a prophetic word, how do we steward a prophetic word, how to get various themes of prophetic word through our lives, which fits in our calling, purpose, and destiny in life. All of that is great, but that's functionality. That's the function of the gift. That's the mechanics of the gift. But what about the heart of the gift? So we could do that this morning, and we could go through the mechanism, and actually we might actually do it, but actually we just go out there, um, and actually we don't do it at the heart of the gift. And for a while it may work and then we'll get into doing it in our own efforts and actually if we're not doing it out of the heart of the gift that actually then it might not have the effects that we would want to see. We get disillusioned and we'll go, I won't try that again. Clearly nobody's ever done that. So I've got a lot of that in the second part of the series. But this morning... I just want to focus on the heart of the gift. Because the scripture says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And I know I'm going to get on to gifting and character, which is a great one. I'm actually going to get on to what does manifold mean. And I'm going to get on to your metron, your sphere of influence, which is so exciting for me. But that all comes from where we are rooted and established in God because it flows out of that place. We cannot help. If we're surrounded and abiding in the love of God, which is what all the songs were about this morning, we cannot help be love. Even if I'm handing over some, you know, a £10 note or I'm actually holding somebody's hand to get off a bus or something, the love of God will flow out of me. We had a lady walk through our last Speaks of Life meeting in Prada. There's a love of God there. It was in a working men's club. She walked through. She didn't know Jesus. She walked through the hall. She got spontaneously healed of rib pain. She didn't know who we were, what we're about, or anything else. She encountered the love of God in that place, and she was spontaneously healed. I like that because it doesn't wear me out. <laughs> I like the fruit. I like the way it happened. It didn't wear me out. It was clearly Jesus. We have no issue in who gets the credit. And I actually get to do it again. Because I'm not worn out. And I walk around with a big smile on my face thinking, actually, this is really easy. Because I know where my focus is. All right. So... If you, so we know the second part of that, you know, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially gifts, follow the way of love. So in the last 10 minutes, I want to talk about follow the way of love. So if you follow something, 
you end up being where it is? So, in Mission Impossible, follow, you know, you see these things where people follow somebody. So, um, you know, um, imagine Tom Cruise being followed by somebody. Tom Cruise is at, let's say, he's at Big Ben in London. And the bad guys are following him, and they ring in, and they say, where is he? And um, the guy who's following him said, well, I'm in Canary Wharf, and he's not there. And they'll go, well, that wasn't very good. You didn't follow him very well because you're not where he is. That makes sense? So if you follow somebody really well, you end up being where they are, not where they are not. This is very profound. I know it's very simple, but it is very profound. Does that make sense? I want to be where God is. I know God, you know, omnipresent, omniscient, and all that sort of stuff, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Be in a situation, be in a place, we be within a person where God is and is doing stuff rather than where he isn't doing stuff. And this comes into your sphere of influence, which I'm trying to keep away from because I'm trying to keep it for later. So because of that, it's to do with sowing our presence into his presence. I wrote a blog about that for the Bay Newsletter a few months ago, and I might read that out tonight because I haven't got time to read it this morning. But it's about the place of the heart of where God is, which keys in to that heavenly vision that I talked to you about before. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place where you fit. It's a place where you've not had to earn it. It's a place that you can run to and you can fit because the price has already been paid. It's that kind of place, that throne of grace and mercy that we can run to at any time to receive, but it's so much more. And I'm trying not to get into thrones and dominions and powers and principalities because throne of grace and mercy is one of those four things. And before I forget, when I was lying on the floor, this place is so full of, of, has anybody in the spirit seen eagles everywhere? There's, yeah. It is crammed with, with eagles. Did you, did you? Yeah. So there's two big eagles uh, either side, actually, on, the, on these um, speaker things. And everywhere, like everywhere. And I've never seen this before. But there's a, I actually can't, because it's so big. There's a huge eagle which has got big feet here. And um, you don't even get to its body because it's above the roof. I've never seen that before, uh, other than the fact that the wings span the whole length of this road. 
So what we so all I know, right? All I know is that something that's happening this morning, something that we're doing collectively is having a spiritual effect, not only in this place, but actually now on the street of Whitley Bay. Now, what does that, I don't know. But could it be that actually it becomes a lot easier to speak a word of strength and, uh, you know, encouragement and comfort to people as we walk out today? Does it, does it mean that with Connect Cafe at the end of this month, you know, there are people who are just coming here and don't know why because they've been brought in because of this prophetic eagle that's over the place? I don't know. But I'll have the fruit. And I know it's God. Whew. So before I finish, and I know that you're desperate for mechanism, but I want to talk to you about the heart of God. Because we will talk about everything else, but can I just say, and this is advertising tonight and the rest, is the fact that love grounds our, our identity. Because we become adopted sons and daughters, not orphans. And then we actually speak out of the place of love in our prophetic words, not out of hurt. Because then that identity celebrates character, not gifting. So we as a church and as a body don't, don't as it were, elevate people that are totally 100% gifting, no character. Because actually they won't cope in the places we put them. It's kindness not to. That causes that closeness to the love of God promotes connection with him, but it promotes connection with others. And as we're connected with others, it sorts out where, where our metron, where our sphere of influence is, where God wants us to be, to do what, and speak to people, and actually not go into another sphere, which actually we have no really right to go into because there's no anointing for that. There's no grace for that. And it makes it so, such hard work. And you become grumpy. And I don't like that. So I stay in the place, the field that God has given me, and I'm happy all the time. So yes, I'm going to get onto all of that. But first, it is the love of God. And I'm just going to finish with a picture that we had. Because it does say, the scripture, follow the way of love. And when we follow the way of love, we end up being in love. Ha. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, with him who loved us so much. And that, friends, that's got to be the starting place. That has to be the starting place. For people who know me, you know, all this stuff and uh, getting people's credit card numbers and doing this and seeing that and speaking to, you know, um, United Nations and all this sort of stuff and all that starts with just, just being with the heart of God. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. With nobody looking, nobody seeing, nobody jumping up and down, it's me and him. I love it. I'd love it. I could spend all day there. So let me share one picture and then I'm going to 
get out an electric fan, and that will be the ministry, all right? So you think, oh my goodness, Mark's completely lost it. Oh. And thank you for the freedom that the bay gives people like me. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Um, so I think it was last Sunday morning, I just had a picture. Um, it was just the love of God, and I was in the heavenly realms, and... Um, um, in, in the heavenly realms, I, I was surfing, right, picture this. I was surfing on something that looked like a shield. But when I, look, when I, when I looked at it more, more closely, it was, it was like the heart of God. The heart of God was carrying me. The heart of God was enabling me to go places very quickly in the heavenly realms. Because it's all to do with the love of the Father. And then I used the same uh, shield, as it were, to be uh, then a sail to be blown by the wind of heaven. So if you're wanting the best sail this morning, the best sail for you and for me is the heart of God. Because the wind of the Father, the breath of God will blow on that heart and actually he will blow you to the places that you're meant to be. Your metron your sphere of influence and then you don't have to to actually get confused and decide well where should I be where shouldn't I be because you are blown by the breath of God by the love of God and you're in that place does that make sense it's really easy so if you've ever been sailing you just the way and you're just there we had a few words last week and Nick mentioned this week about the fact that um, you know about the dry bones and, and, and are there things in our lives? And we were saying, well, what about those? What about those dry bones? What about those things that appear to be dead? Wh what's happening with them? Well, allow the breath of God to blow on them this morning. Because as we enter into, as we dive into this, this, this series, there, are, there is stuff that God has spoken to you about. There is stuff that you know is God and is covered by dust and, you, and actually God is saying to you now by the Holy Spirit, come on, let's just brush that off right now. Allow his breath to blow on that and then you end up being in that place where that stuff God gave you is now useful. And you think, oh my goodness, I'm now walking into part of my calling and destiny. This feels really good. And you get bigger on the inside. Your spirit man, your spirit woman begins to grow because it begins to believe that actually you have an importance and a destiny and you have significance where the enemy has actually sought to make you feel insignificant for years. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask somebody to... Um, to can, could, could they get a chair and bring out my fan and just put it there? Could somebody help me just to do that? Just put a fan there because I've got a microphone. This is my excuse. And, and there's a table. Yeah, table or something like that. Table would be good, actually. Um, and you need to plug in the fan. And then we're going to finish because we are at five past twelve. Do come tonight because I'm going to carry on this. Um, I'm going to give you some homework tonight. I was going to give you some homework this morning, but I'm not. All right, because the homework is engage with what the love of God. And as you're doing that, 
So this is the breath of God. All right? Thank you very much, gentlemen. And huh. the two sisters, thank you very much. Jane, Rachel, you are sisters, aren't you? Yeah. Could you come and hold the heart, please? <laughs> this is a heart that's been prayed over. Um, it's traveled many places. You just have to figure out which is the right way up. It's, it's, it's a heart shape, all right? So it's, um, it's been to Justice House of Prayer in New York, everything else. It's been great many places. So what we're going to do, so there is the heart of God. That is, that is what I was surfing on. That is my sail. That is your sail. And let's just have a look what happens when we turn the fan on. And you just bring it a bit closer. Can you see that? It starts to lift it. starts to lift it. All right? starts to lift it. Can you see that? starts to lift it. You start to feel the wind that is blowing through your heart. And actually it changes shape. It now thinks, oh my goodness, I'm being stretched here, I'm being stretched there. But doesn't it feel good? And now, actually, I'm, 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 feeling, I'm being compelled now. We t- often talk about being compelled by the love of God. This heart is now being blown. It's being compelled to go to a place. So actually, what I would encourage you, and I'll just pray now and we'll finish, is the fact that the love of God will compel you to speak to that person this afternoon. We'll hold out a hand. We'll just hold somebody and let the love of God that is in you flow out to them. You don't even have to say a thing. So the homework, if we are giving out homework this afternoon, is take the love of God that is in you, that is cursing through your veins, that is in every cell of your body because of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus has done. And eternity is set in the hearts of men and women. So eternity is in every cell of your body. Ha! Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. Let that love of God flow. And the rest of the stuff that we want to learn about will flow from that place. But let's get this place where we're flowing in it. And then the rest is just so easy. So could we just stand and I'll finish? And so, Father God, we just thank you that you, love came down. Love came down. Love came down. And we thank you, Jesus, that actually love never went back. (laughs) And when the heavens opened... And the Holy Spirit came on you like a dove. They never closed up. We never read that. They are still open. Open heaven. Love came down. So we say, kingdom of heaven, come right now. Love of God, come. Show. Ha. Wind of God, just blow through us right now. Ha. Father God, if stuff needs dust needs to be blown off that which you have given us in the past, let's not beat ourselves up about it like saying, oh, I haven't used it. Just let the wind of God just blow off the dust and stretch out the sail of your life and let him blow you to the people and the places that as we follow the way of love, we find love there. We are love.
because him who is love lives in us. So Holy Spirit, I just ask now that you just speak to us about one person, one situation that actually being overwhelmed by the love of God would really be helpful to them. So Lord God, in Psalm 42 it says, all, um, all deep calls to deep in the, in the roar of your waterfalls and all your waves and breakers are swept over us. So just begin to speak now as we finish that the waves of God's love would overwhelm not only us, but the situations that you see that love is needed. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we, uh, we're going to have ministry time. If you want to stand in front of this fan, we know it's not the fan or anything like that, but actually it's this kind of prophetic statement that I'm letting the, the wind, the breath of God blow on me. There'll be people from the ministry team to bless what God is doing. There won't be any major conversations. Is that all right? So we'll actually just bless what God is doing and let that actually be a prophetic statement for you. Thank you so much. I'll hand the microphone back to Nick.